Very good to see everyone out again this evening. Uh, me and Shannon feel really blessed we've been able to be here at what we consider to be home two weeks in a row, and we've really enjoyed being with y'all and worshiping with y'all because, well, y'all are family to us. So we've really enjoyed that and appreciate the prayer on my behalf. Lord knows I always need it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I want to talk for a little while this afternoon about studying the Bible. Uh, I want to talk about the Bible. And uh, you say, well, we talk about the Bible all the time here. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. Uh, a lot of places don't do that. A lot of places don't. I'm talking about people that try to worship God. The Bible is not referred to enough, if at all, in many circumstances. Uh, when we talk about the Bible, <clears throat> we're talking about the book that was written by over 40 authors on three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. It was written by many diverse uh, people of varying backgrounds and experience. By fishermen, farmers, kings, prophets, even a doctor. It was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It took over a thousand years to uh, write all these books. Now how in the world can that many diverse people over that period of time, speaking three different languages, how could they all agree? Isn't that amazing? You can't hardly get ten guys in a room together to agree on one thing. Yet we're talking about a whole book that is agreed upon and in harmony. It is the most translated, the most published, the most read, and the most accurate ancient tra uh, translations from ancient scripts. On top of that, multitudes have been killed for, the following, for following its instructions, for holding to its teaching and physically possessing it. Uh, how can we explain that? It still has perfect harmony and power. How can that be explained? Well, Scripture says that in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That's how. It's not because of men. It wasn't because of those 40 men. It's because it's inspired by God. It's God's Word. Luke 21 and 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It never changes. It's as true today as it was a thousand years ago. I would ask you, what have you done with it? Do you study it? In the religious world today, uh, if you take a poll, I would dare to say, especially in these troubled times, the number's even higher, but uh, the latest poll I saw, 78% of Americans profess to be Christian. They profess that. But in the religious world today, what is uh, put out there as Christianity, it, it, 
the larger part of it is listening to what a man says. Listen to his opinions about Scripture or what God wants. Uh, <clears throat> had the opportunity a few years ago to work with a church up in Oklahoma. They had uh, fallen on hard times. They had gone, I don't know, I think they had 350 members and they were down to 50 or so. Couldn't afford to pay the preacher. So uh, we got the opportunity to go in there and the first couple of times that uh, me and a brother sat down and listened to the guy preaching, there was not one scripture mentioned. The guy was just sitting up there reading off a pamphlet. No scripture. And I dare say in many places it's like that. You can go to many churches and there are not Bibles in the pews or the seats. They're not there to be read. Many times the only Bible that exists in the building is up there at the podium. And in a general sense, that's how the Bible has been discounted. And that's how people have been robbed of the truth. <clears throat> Matthew 15 and 8 says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. <clears throat> now, when this exists, this, this pattern of teaching where God's word is not relied upon and man, man's opinion is, uh, uh, is what is relied upon, there's going to be conflict between this view and with God's view. Okay? There's going to be differing doctrines. <clears throat> John 3 and 16 said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know how many times people have quoted this scripture to me that all you got to do is believe. But then in Mark 16 and 16 He it says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. <clears throat> I'm going to describe a person, and you could put many people that you know uh, and plug them into this story, but I'm, I'm thinking of one specific individual, and you'll recognize him. Who, <clears throat> for the better part of his young adult life, believed... Well, he was taught, and he bought into the, the idea that all he had to do was believe that Jesus Christ lived, and that he died, and I believe in him, and now I'm all good. I'm going to heaven. <clears throat> this young man was presented with the idea of baptism. Well, uh, it was kind of a foreign idea to him. Because this had not been preached in the places that he had been. So he decided to read the Bible. And reading the Bible, he became very troubled. Because <clears throat> baptism being mentioned over and over and over. There must be something to it. Baptized to be saved. 
Baptized for the remission of sins. Philippians 2 and 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my presence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You see, each and every one of us have a responsibility to work out our salvation. What does that mean? You can't depend on me to work out your salvation for you. You have to make that decision. You have to decide to act on your belief. Because if you don't act on your belief, it's just dead. It's just dead. The dead belief of Judas and the devils. To ask yourself this. Judas spent all that time with Jesus. Living in a camp with him. Eating with him. Drinking with him. Hearing uh, his teachings. Do you think that Judas believed in Jesus? Of course he did. He talked to him. He was face to face with the man. James 2 and 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You see, but it's a belief unto death. Because it's a belief that's not acted upon. You see? Acts 2 and 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, the belief that Judas held and the belief that many people hold in this country today that baptism is not necessary is a dead faith. Yeah, you believe in Jesus. But you don't believe His teachings. Those teachings are not acted upon. John 17 and 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. The word is truth. Don't we want to know the truth? I mean, especially today. Man, it seems like every time you turn on the radio or the TV, it's just one lie after another. You don't know what to believe. The truth, the only truth, which is God's Word, never changes. It's always the same. It's something we can rely upon. What about when we lack understanding? Uh, Brother David uh, prayed to the Lord this morning that, that he would give us his understanding and his knowledge. What about those times when we lack understanding? I remember when I was a young teenager, uh, it was preached upon one morning there in Allison, was preached upon the unforgivable sin was mentioned in this sermon. Matthew 12 and 31, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. 
But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, nor either in the world to come. I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> I sweat all day long. Over at Grandma and Grandpa's house, I was sweating. If I die, I'm going to hell. Because me and them young boys back home had used the Lord's name in vain. And I had been told over and over, using the Lord's name in vain is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You're going, you're, you're gone. You're dead. Can't be forgiven. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I read that scripture, whoo, man, I was, well, I was, I was in trouble. And like Sean was talking about earlier today, seeking the advice of godly men, specifically the elders. Now, we didn't have ordained elders at Allison at the time, but we had a bunch of godly men and women. And uh, one of those was, you know, uh, it's like a second father to me, my grandpa. So I pulled him to the side and he said, I asked him, I said, Grandpa, what does this mean? And he said, well, uh, this is it's what it says. And I said, well, does that mean if you, if you uh, use God's name in vain that you're, that you're going to hell? And he sat down with me and explained to me the scripture. Man, I was relieved. Man, I was relieved. What happens when we don't understand the scripture? You see? We're given a couple of tools. James 1 and 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. When we don't understand scripture, the first thing we do is pray about it. We're given another tool in Proverbs 27 and 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I'm going to tell you something. My little soft piece of iron didn't sharpen Grandpa Red very much that day. But he sharpened me. You know. Because he understood the scripture. When our faith is challenged, <clears throat> you college kids, y'all are, that are fresh out of college, you kids that are in junior high and high school, <clears throat> your faith is going to be challenged if it hadn't already. And these older folks are going to tell you because theirs have been challenged. You're, the teachings that you've been taught uh, by this congregation, by your parents, are going to be challenged. What are you going to do when it's challenged? What are you going to do when your friend at college tries to get you to go get a tattoo with them? What are you going to do when a group of friends that live down the hall ask you to come party with them, just have a few beers? <clears throat> what are you going to do when somebody that uh, you see going to church puts out an idea uh, that doesn't sound quite right. I'm going to give you an instance. This just happened not too long ago. <clears throat> there was an idea being pushed in a congregation not too far from here. 
uh, by the, some of the college kids <clears throat> that, uh, well, if you asked a girl to marry you, then that made it all right to cohabitate with them. In, in other words, live in the same apartment. Okay? Now, how are you going to answer that if you don't know Scripture? Because Scripture speaks to all these things. The truth is right there. But we have to be prepared for those things. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 2 and 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Kind of like Sean in this regard, I get a word and I look at it and I'm like, man, what does that really mean? That simple word, study. I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot to that word in Greek. In Greek, that word means with haste. With diligence. With persistence and focus. Now I'm going to tell you what, for many, many years, you know how I've read this Bible? I just start at the front and read it like a novel. The scripture says to study the Bible, to meditate upon it. <clears throat> when you're faced with these challenges, young folks, and they're coming, your faith is going to be challenged. You want to be able to go to scripture. You want to already have it in your head. You want to be prepared. You want to be able to go to it. And you want to be able to be founded upon the rock like in Matthew 7 and 24. Therefore, whosoever hears, heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. You want to be founded upon the rock. Ready to give an answer. Doing the work of the church. 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, <clears throat> our people here that gather at this congregation at Wheeler deserve great teaching. And I, and, and I listen to all, to all the sermons on the podcast. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't mean this to be a point of pride or to be puffed up about it. There's some really good teaching that goes on here. The guys that teach put a lot of effort into it. And they rely on Scripture. We're very fortunate in that. <clears throat> and this goes for the guys and gals both. Because you, you gals out there in the world spreading this word be instant in season and out of season to be able to reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine there's only one way to do it we have to study the scripture with focus and intent with purpose with haste 1 Peter 3 and 15 but sanctify the Lord, Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 
we always need to be ready with an answer. We always need to be ready to take opportunities that are presented to us. To make opportunities within the community. <clears throat> what about in our darkest hour? Everybody's going to have one. In our darkest hour. <clears throat> Psalms 119 and 10. <clears throat> With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. In your darkest hour, whether it's self-imposed or whether it's imposed on, on you by the world, have you hidden the word of God in your heart? Because it's a lifeline. When your loved one, when your partner in life leaves this world and you're left there, have you hidden this word in your heart? If, and I hope this never happens to any of you, if you stray away and are led away, are you going to have that word in your head that maybe just by chance you can grasp onto it and be saved? Have you hid that word in your heart? And I think it's probably much more applicable to talk to the members that are here today. Have you hid that word in your heart so that you can help a brother or a sister in their darkest hours? There's been a lot of dark hours of late. You know, I, I, was, I was remarking to Shannon uh, last week. I come in here and seen everybody on crutches and then casts and and a bunch of people missing. I said, man, it looks like Wheeler's been through World War II. I mean, it was just, been a lot of things happened, hadn't there? Are you prepared to help a brother or sister that's in their darkest hour? I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad there's one guy here that was. Because his willingness to share the word of God with me saved my life. He allowed that word to take root and save my life in my darkest hour. Psalms 119 and 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In darkness... We have the light. We have the light. The word changes us. Now, if we are just take a cursory dismissive attitude towards this word, we're going to be changed for the worse. We've seen many Christians stray from the path. We've seen them put themselves in harm's way them and their families and their kids. But if we study the Word, 
if we meditate upon it, if we pray upon it, we use haste and diligence in pursuing this. It'll change us. It'll change us. So what have you done with the Word? Have you or do you study to show yourself approved of God? Because it's not really a, a, a A or B or C or D or E or F grade you get. Being approved of God is a pass fail. You're either approved or you're not. So I would ask you, uh, do you study the Word of God with intent, with purpose? Is it a priority in your life? <clears throat> and I guess the more important question would be, is have, you, has, is have you obeyed the Word of God at all? Have you hated the call? The call to be baptized, to be washed in His blood? If you haven't, and you understand the difference between good and evil, you know that you've sinned. <clears throat> no matter how bad you've sinned in your own mind, one sin is unacceptable to the Lord. That can change today. Because I'm going to tell you how much you're worth. You're worth enough that God sent His only Son to die for you. And I don't know, but man, that makes me feel really humble. That God cares that much for us. If you would obey the word today and start your work, walk with God, we will assist you in that. God will do all the work. All you got to do is humble yourself before him. If you'd like to do that, please come forward. If you are here and have uh, not given due diligence to the word, if you have not made this first in your life a priority and given it proper diligence, let's start that today. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.